Hello and welcome back to your mom's auntie's favorite podcast. I am back to the Don't Read Into It podcast. I'm your host, Reed Smith. Uh, I know it's been a while. I'm sorry. School, work, everything has been quite the adventure lately. So, and we're going to get into a little bit today. Today is a life episode. The last one was sports, if you remember. I, I mean, I would understand if you didn't remember it. Uh, a lot has happened since then. Uh, war has broken out in the world. So, I'm sure the Don't Read Into It podcast is probably the last thing you've been thinking about right now. With that being said, um, my thoughts and prayers go out with the people, go out to the people of Ukraine. Um, It's never fair to have a, and I don't feel bad saying this, what is basically a fascist regime come down on your sovereign country. Uh, So there's a lot of sympathy uh, from me for Ukraine. so just keep the whole country, and if you know anyone there, which I do know a few people, just keep them in your thoughts, and uh, let's hope for the best is, is a society and is a world to, that, you know, we're able to get over this conflict, and those that are um, responsible for it are, are held responsible. But moving on... <laughs> I did talk about a little bit of the school update that I was going to give. It's It's been something. Um, last time you heard from me uh, in a life episode, there was uh, singing in my classrooms. The opera has stopped. It's um, turned into that look of existential dread that uh, encompasses the face of most high college students in class and... It probably has uh, been in my on my face a couple of times this semester. It's hard to keep up with a class when you're doing extracurriculars, especially the one that I'm doing, journalism. Am I failing classes? No. Am I close to failing a couple? Maybe. You know, I don't. I don't think I'll fail it. Like everything I, I'm doing right now for the classes are are a pretty. Solid. I'm like a test away, like a 70 and a test away from getting back to A's and B's. So I think that it's been a process in the first month of school back to kind of get into the swing of things, to um, get back into, into school mode, which I had been off of for like a month, which is why I wish winter break was maybe a little shorter. I think I'm the only person that thinks that, but... Uh, once you get in the, the groove of things in fall, then when you take that long of a break in between a semester, it, it's a little bit iffy. So, you know, I might take a winter class going forward just so I can, you know, keep my mind going in the school area. But that's really all I got to say about school. It's going well. I'll, I'll check back with y'all at the end of, I don't know, whenever I record the next episode to... uh let you know how things are going. I'm in a class before I stop talking about school, though, um, called Art Appreciation, and it's making me not appreciate art. Uh, I feel like I'd appreciate art much more had I not taken this class, because the intricacies of art is are not just interesting to me. You know, like, my sisters are, my older sisters are, is, is good. Like, she's made a podcast cover for this um, podcast before. I don't know if you remember it. That's enticing to look at because I actually give a shit about it. The art that I'm looking at, like, this is Monyomi's River on the Bridge on Top of the Mountain, 1843. I'm like, awesome. Is there, like, a deeper meaning that I'm supposed... Okay. Let me, let me 
backtrack a little bit. I like Vincent van Gogh. I think that he's a uh, fantastic artist. Those are the art pieces I like examining. Just some like piece of like little man on a river. I, it's like, what, what do you want me to say to this? Yes. Ah, uh, yes. This man was, who painted this, truly was trying to encompass something bigger than himself. He, he represented his inner thoughts with the river and the people on the river represent his, his deepest regrets that he wished he chose a simple life, but instead chose to annoy a 20 year old kid in the year of 2022. I don't know. I think maybe I'm just picky. Uh, if I'm pissing off any art majors, which I doubt if you're an art major, you're going to listen to the Don't Read Into It podcast. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to take a break from your Vivaldi to go listen to a, a Degenerates podcast. So uh, I don't appreciate art. I am an unappreciator of art. It's an art unappreciation, if you will. But in between being pissed at art appreciation, I've been reporting softball again. It's my second season reporting North Texas softball, which I've had a great time with, of course. Whole different team. I'm not going to talk about it. I'll talk about it somewhere else that I'll let you know at the end of the episode that I do talk about UNT Sports on. But, you know, conflict of interest, not going to talk about it on my personal podcast because that shows bias. So we're not going to do that. But I can share stories that are only related to me that are in the frame of softball, not directly about players or anything like that. So... I went to the first tournament of the year in Melissa last weekend. Uh, Melissa, Texas, if you don't know it, it's like northeast. A little too close to, <laughs> to some northeast regions that were mentioned in some uh, previous episodes that are now deleted. Um, didn't like that it was that close to there, but we move, of course. Um, I was in Melissa reporting, and, you know, it was a beautiful day for softball, uh, or any sport, but since I was there, softball, whatever, you get what I mean. It was a beautiful day, sun was out, like 70 degrees, oh man, I was wearing short sleeves for the first time since like mid-January, I was excited, it was a beautiful moment in the time in life of Reed, but then night fell, and it got to be like 45 degrees, and I hated it because I couldn't sit in the press box due to it being crowded. And I wasn't like pissed about that. Like I've reported more games from the stands than I have the press box. Obviously I got into like a bunch of press box games uh, last fall, but for softball, it's a little different because the uh, press box is about the size of a shoe box most of the time. And so when you're inside of there, it feels crammed anyway. So I'm cool with being outside and reporting in the stands for softball. It makes me feel like I'm in high school again, which is kind of nostalgic. Um, and it's and it's good to describe environment. So like if in a story I was going to be like, Lovely Stadium lit up with the Mean Green took on this state university. But, you know, in terms of weather, it's cold. <laughs> It's very cold. So I was out there freezing my uh, my ass off. And after the game, and we don't usually do this at away games. This is new for this year. I don't know why I didn't get away quotes last year because I went to a lot of away games for softball. But I guess the SID, which is like the person I have to go through to get quotes, 
just didn't want to let me interview players and coaches after the game. And that made sense to me. I mean, you do you, do whatever you want. And, you know, that's such a subjective thing. So, you know, I, I appreciated him. He's a good guy. Uh, but, yeah, it is a plus now that I get to interview people after the game, which is nice. And, well, usually it's nice. On this day in Melissa, I um, I get out on the field. I'm like shiver me timbers. I'm like that that video of the dog with like a and it's like shaking its nose. I'm like that. And so I I get out there, and the first thing that comes to my head is like I hope they don't think I'm nervous interview like the players. I hope they don't think I'm nervous interviewing them. I hope they know I'm just like freezing my ass off right now. And so I get down there, and I'm asking. I'm not gonna say who I who I uh, interviewed. If you read back my recaps, you'll know who I interviewed. But that doesn't really matter. If you go back and whatever, whatever, what I'm rambling. See, I ramble about the dumbest things. But anyway, I get down there and I interview this player, and I'm like, okay, so just tell me about the. I sound dejected as shit, and I, I I'm like cold and like shaking, and so my voice is like, okay, so you had a good game today. Could not ask for anything more than four wins in the weekend. So just give me your thoughts, and it's like. <laughs> And of course the players aren't going to be cold. They're, they've been like moving around. They've been, plus they're like in a pack in a small dugout. So it's like, that's fine. You know, they're, they're not cold. Probably they handle the cold better than me. I may just be a, uh, you know what about being in the cold. So I get finished my interviews. I'm like walking back to my car and then it's like, okay, I'm in Melissa. I don't want to drive all the way back to Denton because I had stuff to do on Saturday. Uh, not going to tell you what kind of stuff, but it's, it's in Fort Worth. And uh, I had stuff to do on fr- on Saturday, so I was like, I'm just going to go back home to Keller because that's a shorter drive, and I would be able to, um, you know, see my parents. And uh, so I did that. And as I'm walking back to my car, I'm like, I should probably call my mom to let her know I'm coming ahead. So I'm like, walking back to my car, I'm like, I can't believe it's so bleeping cold, Mom. I'm cold as heck. Like, I'm going... Uh, I'm just going to come by there after after the game. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm good. I'm just cold. And, and you know, there's like nothing to break the wind in a softball ballpark if it's like bro- blowing the right way. So the wind was blowing right in my, I was about to, <laughs> in my flipping face. And so I was cold and I have long hair. So it was getting all up in my face. And <sighs> that's why you always bring a windbreaker to softball. There's your top read tip of the day. Always bring a windbreaker to softball games, <laughs> unless they're in the summer. Then uh, you know what? It might get cold in the summer. You never know. <sighs> Man, but no, softball recovering has been great. I was supposed to re- uh, report like five games this weekend for the North Texas Invitational. Didn't get to do that. Uh, they got canceled because of the weather. That's fine. Uh, reporting their game against the University of Texas Arlington on Wednesday. Always interesting. Uh, I'll talk more about that on, you know, the the later mentioned thing. Because we got to give you incentive to keep listening. Because, well, maybe you don't have any incentive. But I think that giving incentive to um, keep listening to the podcast for something at the end helps with uh, engagement. So that's what we're going to do. And we're going to move on. So I've learned in my tw- I've been reflecting a lot on my teen years because in the time that uh, I have not recorded a podcast, I did turn 20 years old. Um, 
It was a momentous occasion that I did not take for granted. I wrote a whole blog post about this. It was all like steamy and not, st <laughs> it was not steamy. It was not romantic in any way. It was all whatever, not sobby. I don't know. Somber. There we go. Uh, of just me reflecting on my teens and getting back to here. But I, I do like to kind of make a joke about how I was in my teens. I mean, even in the last two years, I have matured so much, and you may not know that from listening to the podcast or being around me, but I, I mean, I have matured quite a bit, and I guess that's just growing up for you, but I was, like, thinking about myself in the context of, like, significant events in my teens, I was, I was thinking the other day, it's like, I was always like, oh my god, why do I never work out with the girls I'm dating? And I'm not going to take full responsibility for it not working out with girls I dated while I, was in it, while I was a teenager, because it was totally some of their fault too, but it was also my fault. And I learned in my head, well, didn't learn it, I knew, always knew it, I learned, or whatever, you know what I mean, that... One of the biggest things, and I just figured this out, like, out of nowhere one day, I can't remember when, like, pretty recently, that probably the biggest thing that made, that assured that my teenage relationships wouldn't work out is I refused to, to acknowledge, like, or, like, oh, what was it? I'm looking for the word. I refused to, like, entertain the idea that I was having fun somewhere that I wasn't so I was bad at being fake you know in relationships you gotta like do the stuff that your partner likes that your girlfriend likes if uh even if you're not having fun teenage read like 15 through 18 read did not understand that concept at all if my girl wanted to take me somewhere that she wanted to go and was super excited about it or was super excited to do this thing, I just would not even pretend like I was excited for it. <laughs> I feel awful about it now, but now that I like have that perspective. But I was just kind of thinking the other day, it's like, I had no give. There was a lot of, like, take. There was not a lot of give. And I think for some instances, it was vice versa. But... I just think of times where we I went somewhere with them and they were like super excited and like oh my gosh I'm so excited for this and I was just sitting there like being all lethargic and like I can hate this like oh uh, let me mark that down at 437.2 I cussed <laughs> gotta bleep that out um I was I said flipping come on uh I was just one of those people that. I refused to be happy if it was if it was something that I knew I enjoyed. And one of those things were like homecoming. I went to homecoming a couple times with a couple different girls. I hated going to homecoming. It, I hated formal events and in general. I went to like a banquet for the drill team one time. Was shitty there too. Um, I just was not having a good time at all when I had to do anything that that wasn't like something that I had a preconce that I something that I had a conceived notion of, a prick I was right the first time a preconceived notion no notion of things um so if I had a preconceived notion that something was bad or it was unfun then I wouldn't even try to have fun and I feel like that applied to different things other than just like romantic relationships like with friends and stuff and 
different people until I got to college. I would just like not be outgoing at all. Like I would not try anything that I felt was stupid or boring. And that was like a really stupid way to live. I felt like I would have had a much better time in high school and in my teens had I actually like, you know, enjoyed it. But I don't think I, I, I ever, I don't think I ever, there was ever a chance where like, if I was doing something that I had a preconceived notion about, I swear I can speak. If I was doing anything that I had a preconceived notion about, I just would not try to have fun at all. And you know, that's sad. And I wonder, I don't think that it would change like the outcomes of the relationships I had very much. But um, I think it would have prevented some arguments if you catch my drift. So, like, you know, it's just one of them things, I suppose. Like, one of those things that I can't come to. The next girlfriend I have, I know that she'll get a more well-rounded read. Uh, you know, some light, some light, some special. She'll get a more rounded person um, that will not that will try to enjoy things more. And you know, I think that uh, I've talked about that a lot. Like how you know you can't take back things. And I was young. I was stupid. I'm still young and stupid, but I was younger and stupid. So. One of them tings, I suppose, which I've been saying that so much lately. I don't know. It's like a new catchphrase, I guess. But I want to move on to the NASCAR season. And I know all you people that like the life episodes more than sports and have never touched grass are yelling at me. Oh, that's not... You liar. That's not life. Well, let me tell you, it is life. Um, Because I'm not going to talk about the race. I'll talk about the NASCAR season when I actually do a sports episode. Even though I want to talk about it now. But hey, I made a commitment to do life and sports. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Bubba Wallace documentary. Which is a more life documentary than racing documentary, I'd say. It's a life documentary under the veil of racing. That documentary freaking slapped. It's on Netflix. Uh, Bubba Wallace is one of my favorite drivers. He's tied for my favorite driver with uh, Chase Elliott. Obviously, I was a big Gordon guy. And so when Gordon retired, Chase Elliott took over his ride. That was natural. With Bubba Wallace, he kind of developed it. You know, it was, you know there's only a, a few mixed race drivers in the field. I'm, all, I'm mixed race, you know. I'm half white, half Filipino. So, obviously, the Kyle Larson's, the Bubba Wallace's mean a little more to me. Uh, you know, Chase Elliott is my favorite driver. But the others mean, mean a lot to me as a human being, seeing someone that you can relate to in the sport that you've loved your entire life. So... This Bubba Wallace documentary was always on my radar when it was announced, and I, I gotta say it didn't disappoint. Um, I, I think that is with I saw with the Drew Robinson documentary a couple years ago. With the Bubba Wallace documentary, I uh, I saw a lot of myself in, in the driver. You know, he's a driver at the top. And let me let me preface this that you know I I think that. Seeing someone in a higher position than me also having the same insecurities that I do helped a lot with helps a lot with like, you know, dealing with that kind of stuff. You know, Bubba Wallace throughout the entire thing never thought he was actually good enough. He never thought he was doing enough. Um, even if he was. He uh and he still never thinks that it, it doesn't seem. He he just always wants to get better and will never feel like he's doing enough to to you know, get to the point where he feels like he should be. I have that same uh, insecurity most of the time. Uh, my friends and 
my coworkers who are, I guess also my, well, not I guess, they're all my friends as well, but my coworkers and my friends and my family especially, they all try to tell me, you know, like, hey, you wouldn't even be where you are right now, you know, for the newspaper if you were a shitty writer or or bad at what you do. But sometimes you just don't really hook on to that. And, and, you know, I think seeing that Bubba Wallace also goes through those kind of things and gets depressed and is really open about it, along with being a mixed-race driver, means a lot to, to me as a fan. Um, I'm sure, obviously, to people of color, speci- specifically people in the black community, how much uh, Bubba Wallace means to them. I mean, there were so many fantastic stories that they um, included in that documentary of just different people in the black community talking about how much Mr. Wallace meant to them. And, you know, I, I cried a couple of times <laughs> watching the documentary because it's, it's touching um, how much this guy has an effect on his, on his respective sport. And yet, he, even though he's someone that's like such an inspiration to many, including myself... He's still insecure about stuff, and, you know, that's a nice thing to see out of people you idolize. Um, had the pleasure of seeing Bubba Walls very close in person at Texas Motor Speedway last uh, last fall. That was awesome. I'll be back at TMS this week. This Not week, I wish. This uh, year for another NASCAR race. But, no, uh, what's it called? It's called Race Bubba Wallace. It's on Netflix. I recommend watching it, even if you're not a NASCAR fan. It seems like a socially important thing to watch, in my mind. Am I a little um, biased because I'm a NASCAR fan and a Bubba Wallace fan? A little bit. But I, I really do feel like uh, people should go and watch it. it it's a fantastic show and a uh, fantastic uh, that way to kind of get a, a familiarity with, with how the NASCAR community is changing and how what they're doing to make it a more inclusive fan base, which means a lot to me as a person of color. So, we're going to move on. Uh, if Bubba Walls ever listens to my podcast, thank you, first of all. I doubt you ever will. But <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we're on to story time. Everybody's favorite segment. Uh, it's been really cold in Denton this week. Uh, we had a lot of ice and a lot of rain. And, you know, I live in the furthest dorm from the rest of the school. So I walk pretty far distance every day, but I enjoy that. I've lost weight because of it. I look better because of it. I'm so sexy. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But uh, I have walked a long distance. That didn't change on Wednesday afternoon. Um, I uh, had one class at 2.30 that I had to walk through, and it's annoying because that one class is right before the deadline of when they said it because they're like, okay, we got the roads are bad, the sidewalks are slippery, we got to cancel our stuff, and so UNT canceled and said that they were going to be done after three thirty. My class was at two thirty. I missed the hour runoff, so I had to go to class. On my way there, I busted my ass four times, and that was interesting. And it was like I tried to avoid the slippery spots, but when I fell the hardest is when I'd like step to avoid it and there i'd step right into another another slippery spot and just fall i felt like a giraffe falling on ice and uh, it was one of those things i get i ended up like emailing my uh she's not a professor she prefers not to be called a professor i think she's like a 
she's a mass. She's getting her master's at UNT, so she's doing her TAing basically. So she runs like a lab. So I email her, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be late to this class because I busted my ass like four times." And she's understanding of that. Uh, finished class. She asked me if I was all right. I'm like, "I'm good." Walked back to my my dorm. I, at first, I went to get food, but you know, I busted my ass a, a, another four times just for good measure. And the last time was like super embarrassing because I was walking down like the straightaway that leads to my dorm, and there's like brick. It's like brick that's slippery even in the rain. So, and it was the first place I fell on the way to class. And so I get back, and and the other three falls were just like they were just slips. So, I. Uh, I, I slipped a couple of times there um, on the way back. It wasn't anything huge, just landing on my knee and then catching myself with my hands the other two times. And then the last one was the hardest fall. Uh, I was walking. There was a brick, whatever, layout that led to my dorm. As I said, very slippery, usually even more so in the cold weather. Uh, I stepped on it again, fell. Uh, it was the hardest fall. I fell directly on my back. Um, and there was this girl that is named Evelyn that uh, saw me do that. And she was like, oh, my God, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I think I'm all right. And she goes, man, I saw you fall back there, too. I'm like, fantastic. I'm, I'm glad I have a spectator to my uh, dumbassery. So I ended up, like, walking with her a couple of times. Uh, or not a couple of times. Walking with her down the sidewalk back to my dorm and, yeah, whatever, like. Interesting. She seemed cool, um, but it's embarrassing. So uh, to uh, Evelyn, if you ever listen to this, which you probably won't because I, you probably don't even remember my name, but um, if you ever listen to this, I <laughs> thank you for being so nice about seeing me bust my ass uh, and not laughing. I, I think that's a, <laughs> that's a big one. Oh, man. That's uh, just... just uh, I'm not sore or anything. I don't have any bruises that I know of, but I haven't really checked. It's just one of those crazy, crazy read things that happens. I fall a lot. I trip over myself. So put ice in that equation and I'm like freaking doing parkour basically unintentionally. So unintentional parkour might be the uh, the title to this, to this episode. <laughs> but uh, we're going to move on to... Uh, Gotta whisper for this part because I'm talking about my sweet mate. And so basically, my sweet mate will just leave post-its like he's the flicking zodiac killer all over my door about stupid things. Like I clean the bathroom all the time. This guy like puts post-its on my door. He puts like three or four post-its on my door like every week. He's like, hey, you need to uh, clean this one speck of of dirt that was uh on the uh, on the shower, and um, when you use the bathroom, could you please not flush as loud? I was like, please not flush as loud. How the hell am I supposed to control like how loud I flush? And that's freaking guy. I gotta edit that out too. Eight nineteen. <laughs> this dude cusses, not cusses. I I just cussed, but this dude plays this flicking music so loud, and. He has the audacity, and, and it's not like at normal times. It'll be like 3 in the morning, he'll take a shower and listen to music, or like in the afternoon, and he'll like, 
or not even afternoon, like in the morning hours when I'm just waking up, he'll like blast his music. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? But anyway, I, I call him the Zodiac Sweet Mate because this guy leaves like letters. I'm expecting to get like a ransom letter. It's like, if you don't flush the toilet quieter, you'll never see blank again. You know, it's just weird. I, I cannot wait to live in my own apartment so I don't have to deal with that stuff. But we are back to a regular volume. That was your nice little ASMR part of the podcast. We're moving on. Final topic of the night, day, whenever you're listening, wherever you may be. No, it's not the end of the episode yet. But I would like to talk about students at my own uh, my own university. Firstly, I would like to say that I cannot make a comment on what I think of UNT administration, but I will say that it is a loveless job to be in charge of administration of anything because I feel like UNT students will complain about anything. Do I think some of their complaints are justified? Of course I do. But... Some of their complaints range from like, you're not doing exactly what I want to do and would only please my, my group, six group of people, which there are like six of us on campus, you're not pleasing what we want. It's like, okay, you can't do that. So UNT is a public university, first of all. Second of all, what, what, is, gonna, what is tweeting at the president going to do? It's not going to do anything. You know, I think that there's obviously injustices and stuff at every place, but in a public school, you can't really do that much. You know, we're not like Baylor. We're not, we're not like TCU or anything. We're not private. So anything that goes down at UNT, it's a public school. They can't really control what, the, what other people do. And then if you stop one person from doing something, then everyone has to stop what they do. So it's either ignore the things you don't like, or be quiet, <laughs> you know, in my mind. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the people that complain could tell me good reasons of to why they're complaining, but a lot of it is just kind of like unreasonable. It's like, obviously complain. Complain is in human nature. I do it a lot on this podcast, but like complain reasonably. You feel me? I, I think that's the big thing that people need to complain reasonably. Uh, it's not anything they can't do, but yeah, that's all I can say. Uh, if I kept talking, I, I could get myself into trouble with that. So I'm going to end it there. I've cussed twice. I have some editing to do. Um, if you would like to follow the podcast on Twitter, it is uh, D-R-I-I Podcast. And if you'd like to follow my personal Instagram and my Twitter, if you like UNT Sports News or just random thoughts for me, you can follow my Twitter and my Instagram there, Reed underscore Smith 25. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm sorry for the break in episodes. Wherever you are, wherever you may be, especially if you're in Ukraine, I hope there's a brighter sun ahead of you.